Welcome to True Talk on WMNF 88.5 with Ahmed and Samar. On today's program, Samar and I will be speaking about the latest development um, out of Palestine uh, and the bombardment and the conflict between Hamas and Israel and what's happening there, the latest developments and all the misinformation that's circulating. And all these countries are beating the drums to war, um, making sense of it. Uh, we'll be right back. This is True Talk on WMNF. Stay tuned. <laughs> Talk on WMNF 88.5. This is uh, the True Talk Global Affairs Show. I first want to start by thanking all our uh, listener supporters who supported our show uh, during the fund drive and um, helped us reach our goal and actually surpass our goal. Um, Because of you, we can continue to bring you uh, our show, which has now been on for 20 years. Summer and I have been hosting this show and um, 
some are my co-hosts, will be joining me momentarily. Uh, but um, yeah, it was amazing. Amazing fun drive. Um, and we really appreciate all the work that you're, um, all the support, all the financial support, all the, um, you know, those that listen, those that supported, those that contributed, uh, making things happen for our station and for our show. And um, I believe Summer, my co is now joining me. Summer, uh, welcome to True Talk. Can you hear me, Ahmed? Yes, I can. You can just speak. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, and so can our listeners, and you're live. Um, I was just thanking our listeners for supporting oh. us um, during the fun drive last week and helping us uh, surpass our goal. Yes, I think we surpassed with uh, almost uh, double the amount that was required. I wanted to actually to, uh, confirm if that's uh, true or alhamdulillah. not. Thank you so much. Why? How? Because, I mean, I didn't think that we... Yes, I think... I, I, I didn't know if we actually doubled the number, but I will, I'm going to confirm that and report back next week. But you're joining by Zoom, and if I don't know if, if it's possible to ask you, because there seems like um, you're connecting via Zoom, via your cell phone, which there may be a lag um, because the video was on, so I don't know if it will help if you turned off the video. Is it that you don't have Wi-Fi where you are? No, I turned, I turned off the video. Yeah, I see that now, but I still see red bars. I have Wi-Fi. You have Wi-Fi, but I think are you connecting via Wi-Fi or cellular right now? Or you don't? No, uh, Wi-Fi through my iPad actually. You want oh. me to go to my cell? No, no. I mean, it's okay. I think this is fine right now. But some are um, after having our show last Thursday. And we're celebrating the success of our show. Of course, we woke up Saturday morning here in uh, the United States to the news that uh, Palestinian fighters, um, mainly made up of Hamas, led by Hamas, which are, is the government that's in Gaza, uh, launched a surprise attack on Israel. And uh, when did you find out about it? Because I guess you're, you're in the Middle East in now, Middle so... You're yes. ahead of us, so you know it happened while we were sleeping. But did you find out right away? Um, I think it started uh, around maybe. six o'clock local time, six a.m. local time. When, when did you discover what was going on? Maybe around the. You know, I'm jet lagged, so I sleep very late and wake up a bit late. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think uh, after waking up as my usual, I check Twitter, and then. I saw some images and um, I initially thought that it's, uh, you know, one of these... Uh, the usual scrimmages? Uh, ...operations. Yeah, because there is, I mean, our media doesn't cover uh, whenever uh, Israel is bombing the Palestinians or killing them or confiscating their property or land or water. For instance, since the beginning of the year, I don't think any American knows how many Palestinian uh, children were killed or how many uh, uh, Palestinians were uh, killed. So every now and then there is something going on and this is and, uh, in retaliation. And I thought this is one of those days. But I think 
when uh, more people on WhatsApp were uh, like sending messages and images, I realized that there is something else really going on and then uh, went to the TV and tried to grasp uh, what was going on. I think that that's as far as I remember. So what was your, I mean, things were unveiling, you know, news was coming out, wasn't really clear what's happening, but by the middle of the day, uh, the afternoon, I guess, um, you know, it became apparent that uh, Palestinian fighters out of Gaza launched a surprise attack on Israel, and they got pretty far into Israel, uh, at least southern Israel, you know, the towns that are bordering Israel. uh, to Gaza. Gaza. They are really town, uh, towns like where my mom was born and they were uh, leveled, some of them totally leveled and then uh, were turned into what people know as kibbutz, uh, which meaning uh, European Jews who came from Europe and they were resettled on uh, lands where my mom uh, became a refugee. Uh, so these are people may assume these are small cities that happened to be surrounding Gaza. No, most of the people of Gaza were living in those areas, in those lands and in those uh, places. And uh, they were uh, ethnically cleansed and pushed into Gaza. And uh, other people from uh, other parts of the world were invited to live uh, in them. So it's not like they just went uh, to any city. Uh, They're not uh, like there are many uh, enclaves, let's say, uh, that surround Gaza. So uh, Gaza will always be yeah, I mean, kind these are, of uh, these are, surrounded. These are towns uh, and villages that are surrounding Gaza. I mean, I appreciate the historical context, but right now it's on the other side of this uh, huge wall and fence and high-tech fence that nobody can yeah. penetrate. But somehow they were able to you know, what some people have described, break out of prison, as President Carter previously, you know, called this uh, Gaza an open-air prison uh, where it's housing two million uh, people. And now they've been in that prison for some 16, 17 years, almost two decades, locked up. And these people that are behind this wall within this open-air prison uh, were able to somehow break through, uh, get into Israel, and uh, carry out uh, military operations, uh, which many, you know, in Israel and the United States and elsewhere, they're calling it acts of terrorism. People in the Middle East are saying, no, these are resistance fighters. Um, You can't really, you know, that's not uh, terrorism. That's not different than what Ukraine is doing uh, in fighting the Mm -hmm. Russians. However, there's this, you know, debate going back and forth, you know, about that. This is terrorism, carrying out terroristic attacks. And right away, from the get-go, there are all these sensational um, news reports that um, that these Palestinian fighters from Hamas, they're out killing innocent civilians, raping women, chopping off babies' heads, uh, and, you know, attacking a music festival. Uh, what... And, and early on, and, and they just went viral everywhere. Um, a lot of it hasn't been substantiated yet. Some of it, a lot of it has also actually been refuted and debunked by media outlets, including people within Israel. 
but uh, you know in those in you know in that first and second day it was really hard to figure out what was true what was false right well um not to me for instance because you have a pattern of what uh, usually resistance uh, fight or whatever you want to call them uh, do um, but I think there is a psychological warfare in every uh, war. Uh, reminds me of, for instance, the psychological warfare uh, of uh, Bush when he wanted to invade uh, Iraq. And I'm talking, sorry, invade, uh, yes, Iraq. Bush uh, senior uh, when he had the daughter of the Kuwaiti ambassador who was living in Washington to claim that she was in Kuwait and she saw uh, incub babies in incubators being uh, removed and uh, they were left to die. And that was like a moment where the Americans became galvanized and uh, rallied behind him. So you had the same thing, oh, babies, one settler. I mean, there is an investigative journalism, uh, thank God, uh, that happens uh, still in the world where journalists went and uh, tried to figure out who was this guy. He's a very ex right-wing extreme settler, uh, almost a fanatic in his uh, advocacy. And he's the one who just uh, very casually mentioned it. And then there was this uh, reporter called Nicole who casually uh, mentioned it uh, without really like talking to the commander-in-chief of the area that was securing the right. area or talking to... Uh, you know, I mean, like. How I mean, I, I, what what I saw, people. what I saw is this uh, reporter Nicole. I think her name is Nicole Zedek. And she sounds like she's an American because you know the way she's speaking. It's like an American accent. Well, I think. And she was I'm reporting. glad you mentioned. I'm glad you mentioned that because people don't know. Like, imagine I tell you, Ahmed, I have left uh, the U.S. because I work uh, in another army. I I, I am. Like uh, people need to understand that uh, only uh, Jews are allowed to serve in the American army and the Israeli army or the French or the Italian or the British. But if you and I said we serve in the Jordanian army or uh, in the um, we can also serve in the Jordanian so army because I have Jordanian citizenship, that would be I would be labeled as a traitor and my loyalty and my uh, loyalty to the the, the the Constitution in America will be questioned. What does that have to do with Nicole Zedek? People is not questioned. So these because Nicole could be uh, she could have uh, like a dual citizenship. Okay, she okay. could be an army reserve. But uh, she could be anything. I you mean, don't know for, for sure. People who keep... No, I don't know for sure, but I'm trying to say that the fact that she has an American accent uh, doesn't mean that she's she's just an American who was hap who happened to be there covering the story. But anyways, she herself uh, retracted and said, that really, I haven't seen any... Did she retract it? Because I, I saw her in a news... Let me just give some context because I think their listeners may not know what we're talking about. A reporter named Nicole Zedek was embedded with Israeli journalists, I mean, Israeli military, surveying the damage caused by and the carnage caused by Hamas fighters that went into southern Israel. While speaking live on TV or whoever, you know, her television network, she made the comment that, uh, you know, babies' heads were chopped off. And because of that, it, this issue became viral 
But I've seen her do other interviews, including with Indian outlets, like you know, television outlets from India, where she doubles down and says 40 babies. Uh, heads were chopped off. So I haven't seen her retraction, but many people have gone out to debunk her, including, um, you know, military officials who were asked specifically by agencies like Anadolu Agency and others that said that they don't have any confirmation of this. But what was so disturbing is that actually President Biden repeated this claim um, the other day and when speaking to a, a group of Jewish leaders, and when the White House was asked about this, they had to actually retract that and say, because he said in his comments that he's seen the pictures and confirmed that they're authentic. But and later, he hasn't. and he hasn't. And later, the White House said, in fact, he hasn't seen any pictures. So, how is it that even gets to the president himself? where he's repeating, President Biden of the United States, repeating something that has not been confirmed and hasn't been seen, but it's gone viral. But Summer, now we're joined by our guests. Why don't you go ahead and introduce them? Uh, Ahmed, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but uh, Rifat, yeah. Hello. Uh, Rifat Al-Asir is an editor and translator of the wonderful book, uh, Marhaba Rifat, uh, Gaza yes. Writes Back, Short Stories from Young Writers in Gaza. He's joining us from Gaza at the moment, so we might be disconnected any minute. Uh, 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 good evening, I would say, Rifat. Uh, I'm very yeah. happy that you are still mm -hmm. alive, and I hope yeah, that your wife and daughters and family are alive and well. Um, I'm not sure where to go from here, Rifat, but you are very... Uh, trying to uh, debunk the amazing uh, propaganda machine that has been uh, operating uh, since uh, the Israel found out what is uh, going on. Uh, we have been labeled as um, animals. Uh, now uh, we are being associated with uh, ISIS. And I say now because I don't see any uh, one really trying to put a distinction as she has or are the distance uh, and the average Palestinian. But before we start, there is so much to talk about. Like, is the situation now? The images that are coming from Gaza are horrendous. We have seen so many images come from Gaza throughout the years, but I personally think this scale is really uh, is just different. Is it? It is different in so many ways. Uh... Marhaba uh, Samar and Ahmad, nice uh, talking to you. Uh, it is different, I think, on three different levels. The intensity of the bombs. Uh, Israel throws uh, sometimes two, three, four, five bombs uh, in, in a matter of seconds at one tiny place, one tiny block, and obliterates it. Uh, because clearly, Israel has... Uh, all the bombs, all the missiles it, it, it needs because America is paying the money, sending the weapons and the UK promised money and uh, Germany is sending also uh, bullets and uh, weapons. Uh, so the intensity is, is horrible, the destruction uh, compared to, I think I compared, I said what happened in two days here happened in 51 days in 2014. In 2014, uh, in 51 days Israel demolished or severely damaged 
more than 20 housing units. This happened already yesterday. More than 20,000 housing units were were destroyed in, in Gaza. Uh, in five days, Israel killed uh, 1,200 uh, Palestinians. And I'm trying to check uh, very quickly to see if there is an update, because every time there is an update, there is at least 100, 200 uh, Palestinians killed. So far, Israel killed more than uh, 250 Palestinians every day. And the latest figure was uh, uh, that probably 400 something of them uh, being being children, uh, uh, civilian young men, uh, uh, women, sleeping women, elderly, elderly people. The, the latest uh, figure about children from Defense for Children is uh, 447 Palestinian children killed in in six uh, in six days. Uh, so this is number one the the intensity and Israel targeting people when there's really important things that people no matter what happens don't get about Gaza. When we say Israel bombed a home, it's actually four or five or seven homes. My father uh, uh, built a home, and when we grew up, my older brother and myself, we built a floor above. We keep building above until we had four floors of eight uh, uh, fl flats. And this means that any uh, home in Gaza has at least 50 Palestinians. And some of those Palestinians who move, uh, who get displaced, move to the United Nations run schools, probably uh, uh, 200,000 people. And a lot more than this figure uh, uh, moves to, with families and relatives and loved and loved ones. So if typically a house has uh, 20 children, 20 uh, uh, inhabitants uh, during the world would have would have 50. And this is what happened for the Shihab family. More than 44 people were killed. Whole families, not three, probably four generations were obliterated. The second point about the difference is the, the, the obvious, uh, clear-cut language of genocide adopted by all Israeli uh, uh, officials. Some of them try, you know, they say we're going to wipe Gaza out and then they throw Hamas. Mm -hmm. So Western uh, journalists would say, yeah, but they mean Hamas. I just was talking to somebody uh, from uh, uh, interviewed by somebody and he said, no, 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 but they meant Hamas. I said, yes, somebody, this and that. They said Hamas, Hamas. They threw Hamas as an afterthought. But what about the guy who says we're going to turn Gaza into the Stone Age? What about the guy who said we're going to turn Gaza into a city of uh, of tents? What about the other Israeli spokesperson who said, uh, who spoke about a collateral damage of hundreds of uh, 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 of thousands? This is the second point. And the third point, which is extremely dangerous, American politicians adopting these uh, uh, lies and these uh, like 100% adopting and even going further. It was, I think it was American politicians who first called for genocide against Palestinians. It was, I think, uh, was it Marco Rubio who started by Nikki Haley and then Marco Rubio. And, and then Len saying, Graham Graham saying it's, a, 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 it's, a, it's a religious a, war. A religious war and those people are savages. And then when everybody like the, the lie about the, the babies decapitated almost was was almost laid to rest until Biden all of a sudden woke up two days later. And then he brought it back and then the CNN brought it back. And there is this really dangerous complicity because 
somebody was saying the the political and the media class. Thank you, I said, because this is what this is the term I was looking for. Because the 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 the, the, the journalists. I'm not talking about you know. Uh, Fox News or those, uh, let's say, the second or third class journalists, like really renowned journalists working for The Independent and working for uh, LA Times, for example, uh, repeating lies uh, that uh, that are impossible to verify. When has uh, uh, professional journalism ever been about publishing things that are impossible to to verify? So this is what I have, I think, what I, what I believe why this is different. There is a systematic attempt to displace, exterminate, and genocide Palestinians in Gaza, at least ethnically cleanse them, maybe push them into uh, into Egypt, maybe uh, 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 destroy 50% of Gaza, and then make Gazans spend uh, years and years uh, to, to rebuild, in addition to the complicity of the political and media class in the West. If you're just joining us, this is Truth Talk on WMNF 88.5 with Ahmed and Samar. We're speaking live to Rafat Al-Asir from... Al-Arir. Al-Arir. Oh, not Al-Asir, sorry. Uh, I have another friend that's Al-Asir. Al-Arir from Gaza live. Subhanallah. Uh, You know, Gaza's under attack right now. They're getting ready for a ground invasion. And um, thank you for taking the time to actually speak to us to get this voice up. It's it seems you know many politicians and right away from Israel, uh, Netanyahu and others are saying this is Israel's nine eleven, and um, it, it's almost like they want to act how George Bush acted after nine eleven with this rhetoric. You know, you're either with us or against us, and so many politicians and people and. And, and media outlets in the United States are even afraid to question. Some are afraid to even challenge leadership to say, wait a minute, what's going on? Where's the evidence for these beheaded babies, which is not true? Where's the evidence of the massacre at the music festival? People are just repeating things and there's this frenzy to just go to war, beat the drums to war before anyone actually looks at anything and uh, they're rushing. Do you feel like, was there, is is you know, was the Netanyahu government looking for a pretext or an excuse to implement it? This is something they've been actually promising all along. Was yeah. Gaza getting ready for a ground invasion anyway? And this has just been used as a pretext. And if so, did Hamas overplay or miscalculate and in a way usher this? Or, you know, so it's a two-part question. The first one being what I asked. And then second is, you know, how are the people of Gaza responding? Are they putting the blame on Hamas? Are they saying, why did you put us in this situation? Or are they supportive of what's happening or what's going on? Uh, I think, yeah, this is a two-part question. Uh, if, like we usually say on Twitter that you are 9-11 is our everyday yeah, the situation. Mm. And there, there has been a lot done to demonize and dehumanize the Palestinians. I think it, what was the Jewish Congress Council, something like this? AJC? The, well, I'm not sure, not good with names, sadly. Uh, uh, posted the most hideous Holocaust revisionism, saying that the number of, of those killed uh, on Saturday uh, surpasses the number of any given day during the Holocaust. Oh, I did not and see this, that. That's Yeah, they're comparing I, it to the Holocaust. Exactly. This is uh, mathematically, logically, and statistically wrong. A lot wrong than you can imagine. 
but they're willing to minimize the Holocaust, not just to revise. This is Holocaust denial. This is, you know, uh, uh, very, very dangerous. So for, for Palestinians... Can, can, let me clarify. You're saying this is minimizing the Holocaust by Jewish organizations in America and Holocaust denying what they usually accuse others of when you try to, you know... So by the statistics, this is what you're saying. This is done by Jewish groups in the United States. I, I think the... I'm not sure if it is located in the United States or the, the UK. I'm trying to get the exact screenshot I have here somewhere. Anyway, so the... the and this comes in... Uh, this is the... Uh, World Jewish Congress, WJC, the death toll in Israel from Hamas assault has risen to 700. And this was like when it was only 700. This is the largest amount of Jews people killed because they have, they are Jewish in one single day since, uh, since the Holocaust. Okay. So they're saying, uh, more Jews were killed during Saturdays than any single day since the end of the Holocaust. So I misread this. Sorry. Since, Since the, the end of the Holocaust. Okay. Well, I'm glad you read that because we don't want to be, be attacked yeah, and, as and for misinformation. Okay. Uh, we, we call for fact-checking, and that's why I frantically went to my, uh, my phone for, to, to, to read that exactly. Uh, uh, but I'm not sure about what happened during the 50 years ago when Egypt attacked on uh, uh, September the 6th. Anyway. So, however, yes, this, however, the comparison between what's happening this last week and the Holocaust is being repeated. Exactly. And again, it is still some kind of minimization uh, to, to the Holocaust. The, the other thing is the, the, the fact that this comes in a context of nonstop, continuous displacement of Palestinians. This is not just when, when Israel was established uh, uh, more than uh, 75 years ago. This started when the British gave Palestine to the Zionist movement in 1917, when they stripped us of our humanity, didn't even consult us Palestinians, whether we want to be part of this or not. But despite that, when some Jewish people came to Palestine, they were welcome, they were families and neighbors, until this became a really serious political threat coming in, in, in tens of thousands, uh, amassing weapons, threatening Palestinians. And it never stopped. The massacres, the attack, the, the, the Jewish gangs attacking the British and the, uh, the, the, the Palestinians until the establishment of Israel that saw about 500 Palestinian villages depopulated and or destroyed. Uh, we speak about uh, seven, uh, about 70, uh, around 70,000 Palestinians killed uh, in the years leading to, uh, to the Nakba in 1948. We speak about uh, close to a million people displaced internally and, and externally. So Israel came through, was born in genocide. And it continued to be uh, uh, through ethnic cleansing and the apartheid and racism against uh, Palestinians. So what happened, what is happening currently is part of this systematic policy because we can always just zoom a little bit back. What's going on in the West Bank? What's going on in Jerusalem? Hamas is barely functioning at least for 15 years, Hamas was barely functional, if, it, if the excuse, the pretext is, is Hamas. Hamas was barely functional in the West Bank. Hamas was born 35 years ago. What about the other 40 years? The missiles were started being made like 20 years ago. What about, you know, the, the, the 50-something years before? Because the occupation is the root cause of evil here, the, the, mm. the, the, the depriving Palestinians of their humanity, of their basic human rights, 
of 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 their freedom and and in, and independence and the habit uh, grew here in in Gaza in the past years where Israel every couple of years and this is again quoting Israel officials decides to mow the lawn and this again inhumane description of Palestinians as grass as dangerous uh, or uh, harmful grass that needs to be you know uh, 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 cut down mowed down yeah uh, uh, has been used several several times and israel uh, uh, starts uh, uh, begins aggression every time uh, in i think in march 2003 this year israel said this uh, started what it called a preemptive attack because palestinian resistance fighters were planning an attack against israel I think Palestinian resistance fighters are always planning attacks against Israel because Israel is an occupation. So, and they killed several leaders. I think the majority of the leaders of the Islamic Jihad movement and and massacred many Palestinians for 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 uh, for uh, I think seven five or seven years. And then there was this truce, and Israel keeps suffocating Gaza on several uh, uh, levels. And now the attack comes in this context. If you take the occupation, I usually say this, we should never tell a story from, I mean, a story or a movie can be told, but this is not just a story. This is people's lives. This is the history and the you know destiny of, of a whole people, Palestinians. If you tell the story from B, it's very easy to blame the indigenous Americans and exonerate the uh, uh, European colonizers. If you start from B, it's easy to blame the, the slaves for revolting and exonerate the slave owners. It's easy actually to blame the not to, to blame the, the, the rebels in the Warsaw ghetto and exonerate the Nazis. If you start the, 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 the story from B, and this is uh, uh, very relevant here, the story did not start on Saturday. It started long before there is the occupation. And I believe personally, I'm not a political analyst, that uh, whether Hamas managed to kidnap one or kill one or what happened eventually. Because I think a Hamas leader was just saying that we're, we're planning to attack the Gaza unit and then that's it. But then everybody started running away and surrendering and, you know, mm. and it was at this time that many Palestinian factions joined, many Palestinians started entering, crossing the line. Many of those who crossed, by the way, were not militants. People seeking you know sometimes you know but i don't want to get into detail here but this is how it i saw i saw some images some people and i'm going to turn over it somewhere after this when you're done i saw images of people just wearing flip-flops and t-shirts and they didn't look like military people and i was wondering and they're driving stuff back and so it looks some people look like military folks others just look like they're just hanging out and grabbing whatever they can and bringing it back to gaza Exactly. Like this is because if like I personally, we own land beyond the line. My grandmother owns land like most Palestinians own because when we speak about Gaza, it's a tiny strip now. But in reality, there's this greater Gaza. So it was cut down in this particular way. So it's just a strip. So to 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 be brief to the second move to the second point, uh, many people, most people do not blame Hamas for this. They understand that Israel will kill us, will choose to kill us. And I think this is what the message Israel sent to Hamas when they attacked the Islamic Jihad months ago. 
that we can kill you despite a truce, despite any reconciliation, any talk of, of ceasefire. We can kill you when we choose and we can just claim that this is a, a, a you know, preemptive. preemptive. So why don't we, uh, uh, like in Arabic, we say, uh, uh, have him at, at, at lunch before he has you or she has you at, uh, at dinner. Uh, uh, and that that's why this uh, I, I would call this uh, personally a preemptive attack, an attack that uh, is a, is a reaction. And the people here would always side with the people uh, uh, harmed, targeted by Israel. It's not noble. I know many people who are not Hamas who don't like Hamas, not even hate Hamas, not just have in Gaza. Hamas. In Gaza, yeah. Mm. But those people, when Israel starts bombing. All differences are aside. Everybody is united. And Israel wants to break those people, want to break them by demolishing their houses, destroying their businesses. What happened to Gaza, especially in the Gaza city, uh, finally, uh, uh, the, the, the very heart of Gaza city around the universities. And this is the most affluent part of Gaza. It has most of the businesses, most of the small businesses, most of the family businesses, more, the richest families, uh, the universities, the the uh, the government uh, offices it was uh, uh, turned into piles like huge swaths of that area was turned the rimal area turned into uh, uh, rubble and pile and ashes because Israel wants to send the message that you have to re- to rise against Hamas if this ends without Israel toppling Hamas the people must start hating Hamas more and more so this is all since Saturday all this rubble you're talking about since Saturday yeah okay Samar go ahead. Let me just uh, remind our listeners that this is True Talk on WMNF 88.5 FM. My co-host Ahmed and I are talking to Rifat Al-Arir from Gaza Live. He's the editor and translator of the wonderful book Gaza Writes Back, short stories from young uh, writers uh, in Gaza. Uh, uh, one of uh, the calls after Rifat uh, uh, Israel started to b- bombard Gaza. They said, uh, go to Rafah, uh, go to uh, Egypt, and uh, lots of uh, propaganda uh, in the Arabic language and in the English language on Twitter and Facebook and elsewhere. And I think they, these people do send you messages uh, via uh, phones, I don't know how else, and emails, uh, asking uh, people to leave. And then they bombed the only road that connects uh, Gaza to Egypt and actually uh, even bombed the crossing. So some people in the Arab world are confused. Many, for instance, in Egypt were very afraid that uh, they're going to be pushing the Palestinians out of Gaza and resettle them in Egypt. And at the beginning, many people I know were, uh, let's say, uh, worried, unsupportive of the Palestinians. But for some reason today, uh, they are all expressing their uh, gratitude, uh, their uh, support to the Palestinians, maybe because of the horrific images. So is it true that Israel is planning to push uh, as many Gazans as possible outside of Gaza? Uh, I think uh, the, I think the Israeli army itself or some Israeli officials clarified the term leave. Netanyahu was purposefully vague uh, when it was... Uh, uh, tweeted by the Axios guy, uh, David something. Uh, 
everybody was like, oh my God, frantically, leave where? Leave where? Like everything is closed. And then later on, like 10 hours later, they said, no, we mean like leave the areas where there are Hamas uh, uh, fighters or uh, Hamas uh, posts or whatever. Uh, and I think in both ways, uh, uh, leave is dangerous. What Israel does is, again, it bombs people in their homes in the uh, in certain areas, especially uh, areas adjacent to the border. And those people usually get hit on their way when they are leaving. And more dangerously, when those people leave, where are they going to go? Half, half of them goes to the school, which can also be targeted before this people in school, UN schools were targeted and killed. And currently, uh, the UNRWA says there are 16 people injured inside their uh, uh, shelters, two of them in a critical condition. But more than half of those people, or around half of the people who leave their homes, they go to stay with family members. Again, like I just said, doubling the number of kids and civilians in the home. And now they are like a sitting duck. When Israel uh, 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 drops uh, bombs at night, it kills as many people as possible. This is one. And that's why, again, the number keeps uh, massively doubling, 250, 260 people killed every day. The second thing is Rafah. So, yeah, Israel bombed the interest of Rafah when people were there hitting, trying to leave Gaza. But on an official way, 99% of Gazans don't have passports or visas, at least. So where, where are they going to go? If it is planned, because there was a report that... Uh, Biden could be negotiating something with Egypt to push Palestinians, all of them, or most of them, to Sinai. And this is dangerous. And this could be a part of the plan. I think this could be part of the plan. As a Palestinian here, I, 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 there are three scenarios. One, where Israel keeps bombing and killing 300 Palestinians every day until it kills tenfold of the Israelis killed on Saturday. This is one. Or two, it, uh, because, you know, the, you know, the deterrence, the aura of invincibility, the humiliation they receive, they want to regain, restore this. And I think this is um, uh, the most uh, uh, likely uh, scenario where they're going to enter through Gaza, invade large parts of areas near, uh, adjacent to the border. Again, at least to a show of muscle, look at us, we are inside Gaza, we occupied part of Gaza, and they could stay for a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Who knows how long? And this means more destruction to fields, to farms, to trees, to homes, to houses, to villages, to towns. And it means uh, deaths that would probably be exceed one uh, 10,000 Palestinians. The, the last scenario is a complete invasion of Gaza. This is where many Palestinians could start going to, uh, to Rafah and, you know, even without officially being allowed crossing in, a, in, any, in, in any way. But even going, like, people in Rafah, Hanunis could go. What about the people in the north and, and, and Gaza? If this happens, a complete invasion, it means we are looking at uh, casualties in tens of thousands, and hopefully none of these uh, scenarios uh, happens. Uh, Rafat, when I was younger, the hate was always directed at the PLO, Yasser Arafat, 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 Arafat. You know how they love to repeat one name, uh, Hamas, 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 although, as you said, there are other uh, organizations that uh, are involved in what has happened. And uh, before that, 
What makes them think that if somehow they get rid of Hamas, that the Palestinians will stop resisting occupation, will stop uh, resisting apartheid, will stop uh, resisting being um, uh, having their lands confiscated? Like, you live there. Uh, like, why don't they understand that throughout history, the normal reaction of people under occupation is to get rid of occupation? Uh, the, the very... Uh, essence of colonialism and occupation is the dehumanization of the natives. The dehumanization of the natives. Dehumanizing those people. That's why somebody, and I'm quoting, I can read it word for word again for accuracy and fact-checking, was saying that one reason uh, Europe was uh, uh, angry at, uh, at the Nazis was not because of the crimes themselves, but rather because the crimes were targeted against not the Africans, not the non-white, not the black people, but rather the Europeans, uh, uh, the Europeans themselves. And so the very act of occupation, colon colonialism itself, is an act of depriving, stripping people of uh, it's humanity. We're going to civilize the savages. They are backward. Uh, they are exotic. Uh, they are, you know, uh, and all these uh, tropes and racist stereotypes about people in um, uh, uh, in Africa, uh, Asia, in, in India, in the Middle East, in the Caribbean, in the global north in, uh, in general. So it comes with the belief that those people are too backward to react and to resist. And this in itself, like one reason why uh, they say it's Iran, Iran, yeah, because they want to say this is like, it's all uh, an axis of evil. But when they say Iran, it means that, again, they want to deprive the Palestinians and the Palestinian resistance of its humanity, of its ability to plan and outmaster the most masterful, probably, uh, in, uh, intelligence uh, agencies, uh, the Mossad, the, the Israeli, the Israeli army. So yeah, I agree. It started with uh, the Arabs, and then it was Hajj Amin Husseini, and then it was Yasser Arafat, and then the PLO. There will always be an an enemy, and then it's uh, it's Hamas. If Hamas disappears, Israel is going to continue the evil and the aggression, and Palestinians are going to react to this to this aggression. If you're just joining us, this is True Talk on WMNF uh, 8.5. I'm speaking, we're speaking to Rifat al -Arir. He is a uh, translator and tells stories, and he is an author of a book called Gaza Writes Back. Um, and he's live with us from Gaza. Uh, in English, uh, it's Gaza. In Arabic, it's Gaza. And uh, Gaza, Gaza is currently under attack by Israel. Israel wants to say this is in retaliation of what happened on Saturday, a surprise attack by um, Palestinian fighters out of Gaza, uh, led by the group uh, Hamas. Um, Hamas, the allegations are they killed some civilians um, in, in uh, Israel. What is the reaction in Gaza uh, about that? Was Hamas targeting civilians? Of course, the issues about beheading children, uh, babies and raping women, that has been debunked. But were civilians harmed? Did they attack civilians? Is it, you know, they're comparing them now. President Biden himself, he said, 
it's worse than ISIS. And by and he's repeating what Netanyahu said that Hamas is worse than ISIS. But you know, Hamas has been there. They were an elected government in uh, in Gaza, um, and other governments in the region have relations with Hamas, and they don't consider them to be like ISIS. So, uh, can you just shed some light on what happened on Saturday, from what you know or what you're hearing there in Gaza? Uh, it's a very interesting thing how you know uh, ISIS comes into this. Uh, ISIS declared war on Hamas, and Hamas declared war on ISIS. So they're and enemies. They are. They are arch enemies. Mm-hmm. They arrested some of uh, ISIS members, and there were clashes in which ISIS members killed Hamas members, and Hamas members killed Hamas police killed ISIS uh, 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 fighters. I think nobody, like they were as vicious as possible against ISIS. They saw them as a threat, as an abomination, and. Uh, and uh, people that are not is- un-Islamic in many ways. I've never seen Hamas police this vicious. Uh, uh, this is one. And there are reports that even Israeli former uh, defense minister, Yalon, was it Yalon? Uh, he once uh, told the, the, uh, uh, the journalists uh, that ISIS once hit Israel and then apologized. So probably ISIS is closer in connection, in relationships to Israel than it is yeah, uh, Moshe Yalon says, ex-defense uh, minister says, ISIS uh, apologized to Israel for uh, for a, a, an attack, for a clash. Uh, but again, bringing ISIS into this makes the mix, you know, more Okay, more, yeah, so because that's what Americans kind of know about the beheadings and things. But how about mm-hmm. this, you know, targeting civilians? Did they target civilians or is it something, a byproduct? Was it collateral damage? What are you hearing in Gaza about what... Uh, Hamas fighters did in southern Israel? What I know is that uh, uh, Israel has always refused to neutralize uh, civilians. What does that mean? That Palestinian resistance movements have always called upon Israel not to target civilians and in return we're not going to target civilians, mm. and this is it. Can be I can Google it and send you the, the the statements by Palestinian leaders. Israel refuses. This is number one, despite the fact that many Palestinians believe that all adult Israelis are are soldiers because they join the army. They have to join the army, and they at least if they're not soldiers, they do at least one month of reserve service in the army. Is that is so? Army. Can you clarify that because in Israel. Is it men and women are drafted into the military? Mandatory? Yep, it's mandatory. They have to serve. And there are some people, very few people who reject, but you can reject. You can spend a couple of months, I don't know how long, in jail and refuse. Be uh, uh, What's the word? Military, like conscientious objector. Objector. Uh, so they are armed and they participate in our occupation and humiliation. Who does? So, the Israelis. How, the Israeli how do they do that? Be, because they are soldiers. They participate in the army. It's those people who turn our lives into hell on a daily basis. So this thing, it needs a discussion about, you know, define so, civilian when you talk about Israelis. So you're saying that in the Palestinian mind or what from their experience, they don't view what we consider here uh, civilians, there's a different definition between Israel and Palestine when it comes who's civilian, who's not. 
this is this is a big and important uh, point here. True. The second thing is that, especially with with settlers, like oh, Hamas said, okay, let's go back to the. Uh, uh, we can accept a state on uh, we can at long term truce many times over this and a state on the land occupied since uh, nineteen sixty seven. Yes. Okay. So all those uh, uh, Israelis living here are illegal international law. The, the settlers, more than half a million Israeli Jewish settlers, uh, uh, swallowing most of the West Bank and terrorizing Palestinians, killing. Uh, many of them in the past five days, I think more than 30 Palestinians were killed in the West Bank by the the, the, the army and the, the, the settlers. The settlers are swallowing the West Bank, displacing people, killing people, and even uh, ministers in uh, Netanyahu's government are part uh, a part of this uh, improvement to exterminate. And by the way, the, that soldier, uh, his name is conveniently David Ben-Zion, who... Uh, 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 who told that uh, Nicole Zinger, whatever, the, the, that the fact that there are, you know, uh, decapitated uh, babies, is one vicious, racist, extremist settler who uh, uh, incites pogroms, riots against Palestinians. In, so he, he in, is, he's a settler as well as a soldier. Yeah, exactly. And he's so, the one who started this. Uh, and I think the gray zone, you know, the gray zone, the website. Right. Uh, they gated this and they revealed his identity and it's all over t- uh, Twitter right now being the source. You know, we have, so, one, we have one more minute left. So I just want you to give you maybe a closing remark. What do you think, uh, you know, our listeners here in the United States should, what message do you want to send to them think, about what's happening? I think a very important message here to be careful uh, because the, West, the mainstream media is demonizing and dehumanizing the Palestinians. The Israeli narratives are dangerous and everywhere. My message is to go online, follow Palestinians news through Palestinians, uh, uh, remove away the Israeli frames, the Israeli narratives, and try to see the Palestinians and their pain and their suffering and listen to them. You might not like them. You might not like their sense of humor. You might not, uh, you know, enjoy what they tweet, but at least reconsider your position in, in terms of uh, uh, what you believe uh, uh, should be should be done and extermination of uh, 2.3 million people in uh, a, a tiny little sp- space like Gaza is is genocide, is ethnic cleansing, and it should not happen. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Rifat Al Arir, live with us from Gaza. Uh, hopefully, we can maybe try to reach out to you next week again to get an update. But thank you and stay safe. Thank you very much. And, you know, often uh, this is WMNF Tampa where uh, NPR News is next. And after that, it's more great programming. Oftentimes we get asked, well, you know, where's the Israeli narrative? Why don't you have Israeli perspective on? Well, our answer is you can turn any of the other mainstream media outlets or any other show to get that perspective. You're not going to get the perspective that you heard here today. And that's why we um, provide that. Have a great